0: welcome to the new books network
1: welcome to the new books network i'm your host roberto mazza and today it's with great pleasure my guest is vincent lemire vincent is the author of in the shadow of the war the life and death of jerusalem's Maghrebi quarter 1187 in 1967, published by Stanford University Press in 2023. The Maghrebi Quarter of Jerusalem long sun in the shadow of the Western Wall. Three days after the June 1967 war, Israeli forces raised the quarter, its narrow alleys widened, and homes removed to create the Western Wall Plaza and residents, obviously displaced. With this book, the author, Vincent Mir, writes the first history of the Mugrabi Quarter, spanning 800 years from its founding by Saladin in 1187 to house North African Muslim pilgrims to its destruction in the 20th century. As the author gathers archival documentation, he engages testimonies of former residents and looks to recent archaeological dates, and he offers a new point of entry to understand this consequential place in Jerusalem and Palestine. But before we delve into all of this, first things first, Vincent, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Roberto. Now, just to start our conversation, can you tell
0: us something about yourself and the origins of this book? um I'm, I'm I'm a French uh, historian I'm 50 50 years old uh, I'm working on Jerusalem since uh, 1998 I spent uh, like eight years of my life to study the water supply in Jerusalem uh, so I'm working on the urban yeah urban history of, of Jerusalem and in 2015 uh, I had a, a dinner uh at Haifa al-Khalidi uh, place um, in the very center of the old city of Jerusalem, just in front of the Western Wall Plaza. And at the end of this dinner, she she told me her story, the story her story of the destruction of the Moghavi neighborhood uh, during the night uh, from the 10th to the 11th uh, uh, of June 1967, uh, so during the Six-Day uh, War. And she she not only told me the story, she gave me the story. It it was something very strange, very strange and very strong. Yeah. <laughs> very strange and very strong. And I, I, I went out uh, and from this very day, it, it it cannot be outside of my brain. And I had during this time I had many, many other projects and so on, but in, in a few months I, I understood that. I will have to tell the story of the Mugabe neighborhood, which was what what was strange. It's, I, I was working on Jerusalem for uh, uh, almost uh, 20 years ago, and I didn't know anything precisely about the story of this uh, neighborhood. That's why I, I decided to to work on it.
1: Let me remind the listeners, first of all, about your work, which is in French, but is a very important book, La Soif de Jerusalem, which is basically a, a book about uh, the uh, you, you called it the Hydro History of Jerusalem, which was very, very uh, an interesting approach to look at uh, the history of water in Jerusalem. I want to go back to the Mugrabi Quarter. So the book is about the history of the Moroccan or Mugrabi Quarter of Jerusalem from 1187 to 1967. So it's a very long history. But I'm curious about why did you say that the quarter is in the shadow of the wall. What does it mean to be in the shadow of the Western Wall, this very uh, holy place
0: for the Jews? Um, yeah, this is the, the the subtitle of the book, and precisely because uh, the Mugabe quarter was was located was located uh, in front of the Western Wall, exactly in front of the Western Wall. For the people who are listening to us, I'm sure that they they. Or, or they went in Jerusalem, so they see the Western world directly. Or, they have seen once or many times a picture of the Western Wall with, with the Dome of the Rock uh, behind. It's it's like it's one of the most iconic uh, view uh, in the world, like the Eiffel Tower or I don't know Brooklyn Bridge or. and uh, for the people who are listening to us, it just the the Western Wall Plaza today. It was the Mugrabi neighborhood. It's as simple as that. Uh, the plaza was 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 the neighborhood. So the neighborhood was uh, located uh, yeah in the shadow of of this uh, holy site of this Western Wall, and of course it will it will change the the destiny of, of this neighborhood of this uh, Mugrabi quarter. But we have to add something, which is strange but. Still, uh, um, that the when when the when the 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 Mugrabi quarter was uh, uh, was built, uh, so at the end of the 12th century, this wall, which is an Herodian one, was not a holy site and was not a Jewish holy site or Jewish or Christian. It was not a holy site that the 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 Jewish communities of Jerusalem uh, used to pray. On the eastern wall, to say, uh, facing the, the the Mount of Olives, or on the top of Mount of Olives, or in other places, but we have no uh, any 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 uh, um, uh, testimony that that there were uh, Jewish uh, praying here before the middle the second half of the 16th century, which was the when when Solomon the Magnificent uh, built uh, built the the, uh, the wall. Uh, of of the of the old city. So it's it's strange because during three and a half uh, centuries, this Moghrabi neighborhood was located uh, in the shadow of a wall, which was yeah, a wall among uh, other walls. And uh, three, three and a half centuries after that, it became a holy site and a holy site more and more important for for the Jewish population and at the end of the 19th uh, century, for even for Zionism and after for Israel and so on. And that is the history of this neighborhood. And that's why it will be uh, destroyed at at the end of the day. I think you mentioned a very
1: important point about uh, uh, the Western Wall. Um, The fact that today we take for granted that the Western Wall is this uh, uh, obsolete Jewish uh, holy place, probably the holiest Place for the Jewish people, but it's true that effectively uh, up until the 16th century, all of the uh, uh, Jewish travelers to Jerusalem report that they were praying outside the walls and the wall is barely mentioned. And so obviously we need to take into account the fact that holy places change locations and change meaning throughout time, nothing is fixed. And I think this is very important because today we tend to think about holy places as fixed in time and they never changed throughout their history, but that's not certainly the case. Now, I I wanna ask you something about uh, your obsession. Uh, Some listeners may know that Vincent Lemire was also the director of the Open Jerusalem Project, which was a project dedicated to collecting uh, sources worldwide about Jerusalem. And in the book, there is an amazing picture. It's a drawing. that gives the readers a good sense of the archival journey that you undertook in order to collect the material needed. So I was wondering if you can give us a sense of the sources that you have used, and particularly where did you find them?
0: Yeah, I, I, I put this picture because uh, first I drew this picture because I I, I was uh, I was lost in the middle of this uh, of this document, and I put these pictures just to show how yeah how historians uh, are working. They are working on a very small neighborhood and they are going all around the world to find uh, one page, ten page uh, half a page uh, about this very small place. and this is how we how we work this is yeah the the obsession of of the of the historian. and yeah, this in this case i I agree in this case, it's very. It's very impressive because because the Mugrabi neighborhood is in the middle of many, many, um, many, many strategies, many, many powers, many, many uh, uh, institutions. And so, yeah, I had to I had to to go uh, in, in, in very different places. It's an Islamic history because it was it was a work. It was an Islamic waqf, So I had to work in the in the Islamic archives, not far away, in Abu Dis, so just east of. Uh, east of uh, of Jerusalem today, uh, and there we find yeah a lot of paper about the about the Islamic institution of uh, of Jerusalem. Uh, it was also uh, an imperial history because because the pilgrims uh, the the Muslim pilgrims, it it was a very important issue for the for the Ottoman imperial power. So I I could find a lot of documents in Istanbul. In the Ottoman Imperial uh, Archives, um, I also find some documents uh, in the in the Ottoman Municipal Archives of, of Jerusalem. Uh, during the Mandate period, uh, it's, it's it's a bit different. Of course, the documents are in London because this neighborhood, facing uh, the Western Wall in the shadow of the wall, uh, became a kind of strategic uh, issue. Um, and so we find a lot of documents in London, plus a lot of documents, more and more documents in the Zionist archives, uh, which were produced here and there in Berlin, in London, in in, in uh, you know in in uh, in Moscow or everywhere. But now they are they are uh, they are in uh, in Jerusalem. Um, more than that, during the 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 fifties, we find a lot of documents about this neighborhood in the French diplomatic uh, archives. I think we will. Talk about it uh, later, uh, and it's and it for me it was it was uh, yeah a discovery yeah scoop very very uh, uh, it's it's very new uh, and and so I I, I I found a lot of documents there in west of France Nantes where we find the the, di- the diplomatic archives um, and for the end of the history of course I had to go in the Israeli State Archive. Uh, because yes, the the Israeli administrations, let's say, institutions, uh, decided to destroy uh, this neighborhood, and and after that they 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 had a strategy to, to, to build a kind of of silence around this. So, so yeah, I I, I had to work in the Israeli uh, Israeli archives and. And at the very last, uh, I had to work in the in the international organization like Red Cross, for example, in in Geneva, because after the destruction, this this international organization, uh, they they took care about the inhabitants of of the neighborhood. So we have uh, a lot of of documents about not about the neighborhood itself, but about the inhabitants uh, uh, of the of the neighborhood. I have one more
1: introductory question. I must admit when I read uh, the book and I also wanna tell listeners that I read also the French version of the book. I was a little bit puzzled by the kind of history you were trying to tell. So I'd like to know from you, what kind of history are you trying to tell? What what kind of history of a Mugrabi quarter you try to uh, write down? You argue at the beginning also that there is virtually no written history or the Mugrabi quarter. So I was wondering, why do you think uh, this is the case?
0: Yeah, no, th- this is the case for sure. If if you just yeah, when when you read the the introduction of my book, it, it even for me it was uh, uh, I was astonished because before I was before the this work there there were one paper uh, published in the Jerusalem uh, uh, Quarterly. Uh, like, I don't know, 10 pages or 12 pages about the Mugabe neighborhood. It was written by Tom Abode. Uh It was quite a good paper. But about this neighborhood in the very center of the old city, there were these 12 pages. No more. Uh, the, the Mugabe work, you can, sometimes you can find one footnote here and there. But no, no history. And so it's a beginning. Yeah, here I can—it's—it's it's a first step to to answer to to your first question. What kind of history I was writing? And you're you're right. It it was not clear, and maybe it's still not clear because when you are writing the very first history of any object or place, you don't have to you don't and and sometimes you don't know how to to uh, to, to yeah to compare your own work with. Many many other uh, work that were written before. So I I was just looking for documents, and it it it's a quite a classical history, very chronological, and um, yes, one must can say that that yeah, it's it's an history from from above because I I did work mostly in the institutional archives because it was more easy to to find, but even I, I I met some some inhabitants i uh, some some uh, uh, oral uh, testimonies and so on. but you're right, there is no there is no strong methodological uh, choice uh, at the beginning of of the work. maybe maybe in uh, uh, yeah, during the work i I, I invented uh, something and and I, I add the archaeological. Uh, 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 data and, and so on. So maybe the, the the originality the originality of the work uh, was invented uh, during the uh, during the, the the work itself. I found
1: it fascinating the fact that you're talking about uh, you know breaking the ground of something you saw. My hope is that in the future people will pick up from your research and start writing more histories of the Mugrabi quarter, because say in the book, and obviously the book to, tries to cover uh, most of the chronology of the Mugrabi quarter, there's so much to uncover about it. And here I sure. really want to start talking about uh, the origins of the quarter. So if you can tell us a little bit more about how the quarter came to be, and also a little bit more about the
0: waqf associated with it. Yeah, so we are at the end of the 12th century, uh a certain uh, Saladin uh, conquest uh, the city and he conquests a city so just just at the end of the Crusader uh, uh, period and he has to if he urbanize this this city first and second uh he has to to make this city again an islamic city and for that he has to 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 help the pilgrims uh and, and first of all, the pilgrims for, for, from far away and from the West, so the Maghrebis, he, 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 must, to, he, he must help them to, to come uh, in, the, uh, um, in the holy city of, uh, of Jerusalem, means the Islamic holy city of Jerusalem. So it's an Islamic uh, wax, um, and, and it, it was uh, created precisely to, to and con- very concretely to host. Uh, to take care, to feed the people uh, from the West. So from today, let's say, Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco. Uh, So the Mugrabis. And these Mugrabis, sometimes they were in Jerusalem for a few days, just before uh, going uh, to uh, Mecca. But sometimes they will stay uh, some weeks or months, or even they will stay years, and sometimes even they will die there, because... Uh, you never know. Maybe uh, you, you you have a widow, uh, you have a illness, you have yeah. It 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 was the medieval time and the modern time. It was not easy uh, to 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 travel. And it is the Moghaby neighborhood tells us the history of the pilgrims of the of and of the pilgrimage uh, before before the plains. So before uh, like fifty. 50 years ago, and it was a very long and a very dangerous uh, uh, travel, and, and one uh, need some places like, like the Mugrabi neighborhood uh, in the middle of the road.
1: Now, in the first chapter, you're talking about uh, the archival visibility in the late Ottoman era. So it, essentially chapter one is a survey of the Mugrabi quarters Uh, in this period of time. And I was wondering if you can share some of the
0: stories that you recount in the book. Yeah, the the late Ottoman history of the neighborhood tells us two things, I think. The the first is that the neighborhood was very important at an imperial uh, level. Uh, Because for the, the Sultan Caliph, the Ottoman Sultan Caliph, the pilgrimage is yes it is a very important issue he has to take care of it and so we can find in istanbul in the imperial ottoman archives a lot of documents about about money transfer about survey about um uh, yeah but a lot of uh, uh um, a lot of of testimonies uh showing that the the imperial uh, uh the imperial power was was looking uh, to to the Moghrabi neighborhood very uh, very carefully, and the second uh, the second level is the municipal level, so more local uh, municipal level in Jerusalem, and this is this is very important because I discovered in the municipal archives in the Ottoman municipal archives, um, the the proof that the Moghrabi neighborhood and the Moghrabis themselves were st- strongly uh, integrated uh, in the in the urban uh, um, in the urban social uh, network, uh, it was not a, a margin. Uh, uh, it was 100 the contrary of of a margin. It was in the very center of the city, geographically, but even even um, we can we can we can uh, see that the the Mugrabis were were working in the financial uh, uh, offices um, in in the tax and customs and so on. So you can see that they were in the very in the middle of the on the social and and political network and the notabilities uh, in Jerusalem. This was a discovery because before working, I was thinking that yeah, it was a kind of yeah kind of margin. Uh, in the in the very south of the old city uh, of Jerusalem and the Municipal Archives tells us exactly the contrary.
1: That, that's fascinating. And uh, I, I want to now share with the with the listener uh, kind of uh, an episode related to the Mugrabi quarter, which also incidentally connects our own work. So you moved throughout the book to talk about the period of World War One. And here there is this episode that I was just mentioning. Uh, I, too, discovered incidentally, I was looking for material related to uh, urban planning, but I found documents related to the Western Wall, which had, could, better say, have had a major impact on the Mugrabi quarter. So can you speak about the Ottoman plan to sell the Mugrabi quarter to the Zionists during World War I?
0: Yeah, we are in 1916. And uh, yeah, it's. You you discovered this this document uh, I did not and you and you send it to me and it's it's important for for the people who are listening that this is the how we work uh, it's 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 a network it's a trust uh, yeah it's uh, uh, yeah it's a kind of organization between us when 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 you know that someone is working on one topic and you are in archives and yeah you send it to to him it's it's a collaborative work. So, um, uh, yeah, and for me, it was very important because so it's it's 1916. It's Jamal uh, Pasha, who is someone very, very important in the very late Ottoman uh, history. Um, we don't know if if he tried to sell uh, the Mograbi neighborhood to the Zionists for ideological uh, reasons or for financial uh, reasons. In my point of view. I think it's more for financial uh, issues he, he he was looking for for money uh for himself or you know for the young Turks or for the war or for yeah it was Jemal Pasha was quite uh, someone and and the the second issue is that uh, during that time the Ottoman Empire was uh, there were an, an alliance with uh, Germany, and the world Zionist organization was based in berlin, and so yeah of course it. It helped, because there were a kind of proximity between, between the Zionist organization and, and Germany, and so the, the, uh, the Ottoman Empire. Um, so Jamal Pasha tried to sell the Moghrabi neighborhood to the Zionist organization. But the problem was that he was trying to sell something that he, that he could not sell, uh, because it's a waqf. And, and so he didn't have any right. Uh, about this property and thanks god uh yeah thanks god the the Zionists knew it and and especially the the local the local one uh david jeline for example the all the local Zionists, they 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 told but they, they have told even before that it's not possible to buy legally uh uh the mugrabi neighborhood because it's a work so it's inalienable it's a perpetual property and so if someone uh wants to sell it to you don't buy it because it's not possible technically juridically so the project was uh, was uh, canceled
1: but i'm curious about one thing uh, when i discovered these documents the plan was very much to demolish the mugrabi houses which eventually happened in 1967 when the Israeli took over uh, the old city of Jerusalem. And I was wondering if, in your view, you ever thought about the possibility that some in the Israeli administration were aware of those plans. I mean, it's not written, I never found any evidence, but the fact that the plans were very similar at some point made me think that Someone must have known about those plans,
0: yeah um yeah i'm quite uh, yeah I, I agree with you uh and even even if they didn't know precisely about this map uh this jamal Pasha proposal nineteen sixteen it's it was in the middle of of global conversation about how to deal with these small houses in front of uh uh the western wall uh, the most important uh, monument for the for the jewish uh, for the jewishness and so on so yeah it it, it was not the 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 proposal made by jemal pasha was not uh made by chance it, it it's it's uh it's significant uh in, in in this in this context you're right let me ask about the british so
1: obviously we know in 1917 the british took over and they began to make changes, particularly through the uh, work of um, Ronald Stores. Can you tell us how did the British see the Mugrabi Quarter and how did they think it should or not have been changed or transformed?
0: Yeah, this is a topic that you know uh, way better than me. Um, the you know the 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 urban uh, yeah the urban reforms and 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 projects. Uh, uh, from the british in 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 Jerusalem, just after the the first world war. But I just from from the Mogabi na- neighborhood uh, point of view, I discovered that that, yes, there, there were two con- consequences and uh, bad consequences for the Mugabe neighborhood. The first one is that the the British wanted to to restrict the the power of the, let's say of the of the Wakh uh, administration, the power and the autonomy, especially. And um, so th- this is this is the first uh, uh, the first thing, and the second point is that is is let's say the 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 town planning uh, ideology, um, and and Patrick uh, Geddes and and many many others to uh, the decongestions, the opening of squares, uh, opening plaza uh, in front of the main monuments. It's yes, it's a patrimonial uh, ideology. it's 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 not only in Jerusalem, it's it's in many, many uh, cities around the Mediterranean, but even in Europe and even you destroyed the neighborhood in front of uh, of the more uh, magnificent monument, for example, in front of uh, uh, Cathedral Notre Dame uh, in Paris, uh, because you need, a place, an open place to admire the monument. So it's, it's a very global, uh, global, yes, ideology, a global model, a uh, global framework, which came, uh, uh, let's say, in the luggage of the British uh, during, the, during the 20s and the, and the 30s. Let's talk now about France. And, and I
1: believe that this is one of the most important discovery, uh, at least to me. Uh, you know, in the book, but also thinking about your research. So the role of France in relation to the Moroccans of Jerusalem, and you argue that this became more relevant towards the end of the mand- mandate and indeed after 1948. So can you speak about the fate of the quarter in the late forties and early fifties, and where is the archival material related to
0: this period? the the archival material is in uh, in uh, Nantes, so in, in France it's, it came from from the French consulate uh, in Jerusalem um, in 1948 uh, there is the first war between Israel and uh, uh, and his uh, neighbors and uh, as you know the the western part of Jerusalem came to Israel and the eastern part to uh, the Jordanians um, and we have to, to know that the, like 60%, maybe 70% of the, the, the incomes of the Mugrabi neighborhood came from a small village called Enkarem, which is a very famous one, uh, west, west of Jerusalem. And this village uh, uh, was located after 1948 in Israel, west of the Green Line. And so of course, all the incomes, all the, the revenues and, and the tax and, and everything uh, were lost. And so the Mugabe neighborhood were in a terrible situation in, in 1948. That's why the French decided to um, yeah, to, to move on and to try to build like a strategy um, towards the Moghrabi neighborhoods and inhabitants, but maybe mainly towards the Algerians and Tunisian and Moroccans. That, that, that that's why it's very interesting. And that's why Jerusalem is, yeah, is a global city. Uh, the, the French government, uh, they were facing a very difficult situation in these three countries because the people were, were beginning to, to ask for independence. And so they were trying every, everywhere to show the, let's say, the, the, the loyalty of the, of the French government towards, uh, towards the Muslim colonized uh, inhabitants uh, in these three uh, countries. And the Moghrabi neighborhoods in the very middle of the holy city of Jerusalem, uh, yeah, was, was a part of this soft power and so that's that's why the 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 french uh, government uh, were were um, mo- mobilized and the second uh, maybe the second reason is is a m- even more diplomatic uh, reason in history the the french were french government were was looking for a position between israel and the jordanians they were trying to find again i don't know how to say it something to do something to say it's you know, diplomacy, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's, you have to, yeah, to find a strategy, you have to find places. And 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 so to have a kind of of sovereignty in the very middle of the holy city of Jerusalem, the, uh, the old city, just in front of the Western Wall of Jerusalem. And the French, of course, they, they knew that there were a conflict between the Jordanians and the Israelis about the access to the Western Wall during this very period, uh, because the Jordanians refused to 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 let the the, the Jewish Israelis uh, get in, so for the French, the French government, uh, they were thinking that yeah, maybe it could be helpful to be here and to try to intermediate between uh, Israel and 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 the Jordanians. It won't work, but this is <laughs> this is life. But yeah, it was. Uh, a few years of history of the Mograbi neighborhood it produced a lot of documents a lot of descriptions uh, even social descriptions of the inhabitants how many people from tunisia from morocco from algeria so, so for for a historian it's it, of course it's very it's very helpful this is a fascinating bit
1: of history to think about that france claims some sort of connection with the Mugabe quarter through its colonial possessions throughout North Africa. And you're right, that makes the history of Jerusalem uh, even more global, Uh, you know, just beyond religion. There's also the question of geopolitics. And your chapter four really shows uh, how the history of Jerusalem is a global one. And I was wondering to what extent uh, events like the war in Algeria or the Swiss Canal crisis in 1956 have influenced the Mugrabi quarter and also the historical material. So the the archival documentation
0: related to the Mugrabi quarter. Yes, because step by step, the, the, this soft power strategy, uh, contradicted, uh, the, the violent and, and cruel, uh, war, um, against the Algerians, uh, in Algeria, uh, it, it, it became more and more difficult to to justify, to help uh, the Algerians and Tunisians and Moroccans in in, in Jerusalem, and to fight them and to kill them uh, in their own country, in their own countries. Um, And so this contradiction uh, was more and more important and in in 1955 1956 the the, the uh, Tunisia and 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 Morocco uh, were lost so yeah the the the, the, the even uh, two third of this strategy is is out out of the table and um in in 1956 yes the, the Suez canal uh, crisis the Suez canal war um uh, shows a direct uh, alliance between Israel and and the British and the French uh, and 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 the French against um against the the Egyptians and so of course it it uh, it makes uh it it makes the French government more and more um yes more and more in contradiction with this with this soft power of very, very generous uh, uh um, um action uh, towards the, the Moghrabis uh, in uh, in Jerusalem. And at the end, uh, in 1962, uh, the French lost uh, for good lost Algeria. And so they don't have any more any right to protect the Moghrabi neighborhood in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. This is, in my opinion, this is a kind of direct Um, factor for the destruction just five years after.
1: Which brings me to the question of, uh, you know, so far we discussed the Mugrabi quarter when it actually existed, when the Mugrabi quarter was constituted by houses and people, alleys, and, you know, a daily life. But in 1967 brought what you call expel and demolish. So the Six-Day War marked the fate of the Mugrabi Quarter. Can you just briefly tell us about these events? How that happened? How did the uh, Mugrabi Quarter ended up being fully demolished?
0: The first thing is that the, the Israeli government, they knew about 19, uh, 1962. I have, I have many, many archival uh, proof that they knew directly that the Mugrabis in Jerusalem uh, they 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 didn't have any more any protection juridical financial dip, diplomatic protection just 5 years before and and, and on a very high uh, level uh, the, the the prime the prime minister um, so and 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 the 6 day days uh, war of course was an kind of opportunity um i'm not saying that it was scheduled for june uh, 1967 to destroy the Morgabi neighborhood because because it was not scheduled to take East Jerusalem uh, in in in, uh, in in that period but but to, now we know more and more that the Israelis were prepared to 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 uh, to take Jerusalem they were prepared they 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 yeah they in in case uh, there were there were some uh, some. Process and, and and strategy and protocols and, and so on. On on Wednesday, seventh uh, of June, 1967, the, the Israelis get in the old city of Jerusalem, uh, and inside every 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 quarters, it's it's very small, you know. Um, just uh, 36 hours after that, uh, during the morning of the fr- Friday, the 9th, there were two decisive. And strategic uh, meetings. The first one was between Teddy Kollek, the mayor of West Jerusalem, and Uzi Narkis, who who, who, who commanded uh, the, 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 the the military operation, Israeli military operation, in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem. So you know, it, it, you see, it's a very high-level meeting, and there were a few uh, um, a few decisions a few decisions, and it's written on the paper that the third one was the destruction uh, of the Mugrabi neighborhood. So yeah, it was decided uh, two days before uh, the destruction on a very, very high uh, level, the municipality plus uh, the Israeli army. And on the same day, on the same morning, Friday the 9th, um, there were another meeting in the Foreign Affairs Ministry, uh, because the Foreign Affairs Ministry was preparing, let's say, the consequences uh, of the destruction. They were trying to, yeah, it's kind of damage control uh, uh, meeting. And so they were they were uh, preparing some wording, languages, justification. Yeah, it was an old neighborhood. Uh, the houses were very dangerous. It was very urgent to destroy it. Come on was not that urgent to destroy these eight centuries houses just uh, just during the war. But, you know, we can see that the municipality of Jerusalem, the Israeli army and the government, because the Ministry of Foreign Affairs were directly involved in this, uh, in this decision. And on Saturday uh, at around five o'clock, five and a half, uh there were a meeting um just in front of the western wall there were architects, uh, archaeologists, uh, National Park, uh, Israeli na- National Park uh, um, the head and they and they, they, they draw they draw a map. Uh, they tried they tried officially they tried to preserve some some of of the main building of the neighborhood. For example the Madrasa al Abdaliya uh, we can see it on the map that they draw, but they draw it very, very quickly. You know, on maybe maybe a table or maybe not a table on on I don't know, a car or something uh, around there. And but the, but the, the destruction was way more large than than the map. Uh, and 1,000 eight, between 800 and 1,000 inhabitants were expelled this very night, uh, so at the end of the day, of the sat- Saturday, uh, 10th of June, and the neighborhood was destroyed during the night. On Sunday morning, at 9 o'clock, there were journalists from the the Jerusalem Post, uh, up there, and you can see that the Mogabe neighborhood uh, disappeared.
1: And we should say that in the book there are some uh... Very dramatic pictures uh, showing the demolition and what was left after the Magri- Mugrabi quarter was destroyed. And so I want to ask you something about uh, the demolition. You call the demolition of the Mugrabi quarter a catastrophe. So what
0: happened after these houses were gone? As I th- just said, yeah, one one thousand inhabitants were expelled. Uh, they were expelled, uh, or in Silwan, or uh, in Betranina, or some had some families in Jericho or elsewhere in Palestine. Um, this is this is the first uh, the first consequence. There were not huge diplomatic reactions uh, because you know the Six Days War was yeah quite quite a huge. Uh, um, event in in uh, on the geopolitical point of view, so one can Im- imagine that maybe the destruction of this small neighborhood was not that important, uh, uh, facing uh, everything else. So the the, the annexion, uh, you know, of the uh, the occupation of uh, of the West Bank, of the uh, in, in Gaza, um, the Golan Heights, and so on. So. You, we have to to put it in, in this in this context. But what was very interesting for for me is that uh, I was um, I talked with with Meron Benvenisti during during this period when, when I was working uh, on this very very uh, chapter. Uh, Meron Benvenisti was the this, uh, the deputy mayor uh, of Jerusalem. He was like very very close to Teddy was very young. He was like 35 years old. He was an historian. He was a medievalist. He was uh, an Arab, Arabist. He can speak Arabic very well. And Teddy Kolek asked him to, yeah, to take care about East Jerusalem. And one of his first uh, mission was to try and to succeed to build, yes, what I called kind of a wall of silence around the destruction of the Mugabe neighborhood and how how did he build this silence uh he he proposed some compensation uh to the inhabitants this was another big uh, surprise for me because when you talk with the with the inhabitants and so on and when i was uh, reading for example the paper uh, uh that i talked about from tomabaut it it's, it's always written, there was no compensation at all. There were some compensation. I, I did see all the file in the municipal archives. It's, it was not big money because, um, because the inhabitants were not the owners of the houses. You know The, the owner of the houses were the waqf. And the waqf, yeah, it's true, the waqf never asked and never accept any compensation any indemnization because they didn't want to, uh, to, to legitimize this action. And so the inhabitants, they received the compensation just because they were expelled. And because they were expelled in two hours and because they cannot take even the table in the, the carpet, even they didn't like anything. So it was a small amount of money, but it was a very poor population and and they were in a very difficult situation, expelled uh, in Silwan or, uh, as, as I say, in, in refugee camps of uh, Betranina. So most of them accepted this small amount of money. But to get the money, they had to sign a letter, uh, a renunciation letter. And it, where, where it's written, I will never ask anything uh, anymore. And I, I will not talk about this story anymore. So, yes, Meron Bedvenisti succeeded in a very few months, like in six months, to, yeah, to buy, uh, with no big money, the silence of the inhabitants uh, of the neighborhood. This is another explanation why uh, why we didn't hear a lot about this story. And
1: in fact, to my surprise, a few years uh, ago, very much when I started my own podcast, Jerusalem Unplugged, I was contacted by a woman who was searching information about uh, the surviving houses uh, of a Mugrabi quarter known as uh, Dar Abu Saud. These houses were eventually demolished in 1969. And uh, it's a fascinating micro history of the micro history of a Mugrabi quarter. So I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about uh, the remaining houses and what happened to them and why, in the end, these two were demolished.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. These, these, uh, these houses uh, were destroyed two years late, uh, later, in June uh, 1969. And I just want to say to the people who are listening, maybe they will try to find some picture or even video film about the destruction of the Mogabi neighborhood, there is no video film about the destruction. And on the web, uh, you can see some uh, video film, uh, and it's written destruction of the Moghabi neighborhood uh, June 1967. But it's not. It's the destruction of the Darabu Saud. There was, there was no one uh, a video uh, or, or camera uh, uh, film uh, footing in 67. It's 60, uh, 69. And yeah, it was. Uh, uh, there were some some pictures and some film in '69 because because these houses are very big. Uh, if you look at, at at the picture before it was destroyed, it they were very big. They were there were these houses were put on a small hill, let's say. So they were much more higher than uh, um, the 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 the, the neighborhood itself. It 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 was very prestigious houses and families. And that's why a certain uh, Yasser Arafat uh, did uh, uh, spend like three years in these houses uh, during the thirties. These houses were the only places, the the only place where Yasser Arafat uh, lived in Palestine before uh, 1993, before he came back in Gaza. It's that's why this this story is 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 a crazy one because you can find all the big history of of Jerusalem and Israel and Palestine in in this very very small area so anyway the the these houses were were too big were too strong were too prestigious to be destroyed in the same time in June 67 uh, so um, it was impossible to to destroy it discreetly in 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 uh, in one night so in the archives uh, I, I I could find all the the whole process to to justify to legitimize this description and it, so it it was very complex because it was not like you know between the friday and the saturday in the middle of the war uh, it was in front of Every all the journalists, all the national, all the organization, and and even even in front of some Israeli institution, uh, Meron Benvenisti, the same one, refused to participate uh, in this strategy. Uh, it's written is because um, one one time um, I I didn't remember one office asked him to as 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 the municipality asked the municipality to to declare that this building is very dangerous and. And, and will collapse because there is a crack in it. And Mehran, uh answered, okay, come on. I know why you are asking me uh, to, uh, to declare uh, uh, the, the very dangerous situation. And I don't want to participate uh, in this lie, so do it by yourself destroy it but I don't know uh, I don't want to. so it's very interesting because it's a very Israeli history and even today you have this kind of tension between between some yes different places and different uh, Israel is not the, like a monolith and and even in in 69 it was not a monolith. but 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 at the end of the day uh, the, the, the Abu Saud houses were were declared in, in very urgent dan- danger of of, of collapse. And it was destroyed uh, two years, uh, two years uh, after. Let's come to the epilogue of your book. So
1: in the epilogue, you talk about the archives in the ground. In other words, the idea that while digging for archaeological evidence related to ancient buildings, archaeologists, and even today really, uh, began to unearth material related to the Mugrabi quarter. How do they deal with this? How do people react, and how does this add to the story of the Mugrabi Quarter?
0: Uh, if even for me, it was um, yeah, it was a very strong uh, uh, period of 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 my research because uh, as as historians, yeah, we we know how to deal with you know with with papers, with documents, with testimonies. Some sometimes it's very strong. Even, even we know how to deal with uh, oral testimonies. Someone is telling us a story, but we are not archaeologists, so we, we don't know how to how to deal with objects. Uh sometimes, yeah, it's and, and it's not uh Neolithic or you know Herodian or biblical object. It's like it's very it's 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 in front of you and it's like just 50, 50 years old, for example, it's a little game, a little horse, uh, and you can see even the 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 child who were who are playing this it's 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 a direct link to the to the history. It's very sensitive. Uh, I did work, of course, with Israeli colleagues, and again, it's yeah, i I, I can find some like complicity inside the. Um, among the, the the Israeli archaeologists, because uh, th- there were public works on the on the western Mall Plaza uh, since uh, twenty years, uh, to build toilets on the north part, to build tourist office on the on the western part, to build a new ramp uh, towards the Mograbi Gate on the southern part. Yeah, there were public work, and when when you are doing some public work, you have to dig. Just even just to to put the the the, uh, the 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 house or or the infrastructure you are you are working on, and uh, because it's Jerusalem, always you have to to ask for archaeologists just just to check, and immediately just like one meter, half a meter uh, below uh, the very plaza, of course they discovered object of the everyday life of the Mokrábi uh, quarter, like. Um, um uh, tools uh, uh from a hair cutter or from a butcher or or even uh objects directly uh, coming from from the houses uh, like bottles uh, like a, a sewing machine a big sewing machine why because the inhabitants again they were expelled in two hours so it's like it's like Pompeii it's like they they didn't uh, moved their stuff. Their stuff is just below uh, the 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 Western Wall Plaza today. Western Wall Plaza. So as soon as you open it, you will find dozens and hundreds of uh, of objects. And for me, it was very important to yeah to show this object in the book. So th- I, I put a lot of, of 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 pictures. I have many many more, of course, but but even to help uh the readers uh to yes to realize because again one one object uh um kitchen stencils, uh, you know tobacco pipes it's it's like uh, it it makes this history which is a very global one we said from algeria from france from it's a very global one but it's a very local uh um, and and yeah, very local and and let's say, um, banal uh, banal history uh, of of one neighborhood of uh, of Jerusalem. So this is why I, I was I was working with this uh, archaeological uh, uh, data. I have one last question,
1: and I kind of like wanna go full circle. So what do we learn from bringing back the history of a Mugrabi quarter, and ultimately? What does the history of this quarter tell us about Jerusalem?
0: First of all, I think this history tells us, yeah, that Jerusalem is a global city. Okay, we said it. But more, uh, even more than that, tells us that, that even the more iconic places in Jerusalem, most of them are very recent or even very new. Uh, we know it for the 19th centuries. We know, as historians of Jerusalem, that most of the Christian holy places were, you know, invented, uh, built um, uh, in the 19th century. But again, this Western Wall Plaza, because it's an erodian wall for everyone. and And it tells us another thing. It tells us that the pilgrims, and even the tourists they come in Jerusalem uh to look for, let's say, eternity. They don't want that, maybe they don't want us to tell them that uh what you are looking for, yeah. Here this wall was built by Herod in the Herodian time, but it's it's a Jewish holy place uh just for five centuries ago, and just 50 years before here, you had uh, a living uh, neighborhood with a butcher, with a bakery, with children playing. Uh, they don't want to hear it. And as historians of Jerusalem, we have to tell this story. And that's why, that's why, um, yes, to to conclude, that's why I decided to produce uh, a 3D reconstruction of the neighborhood. And, and to put this 3D reconstruction in, an, in a free app that all the people who are listening to us they can download it for free on Apple Store on, or, or on uh, Google Play Store. It's called uh, Jerusalem Maghrebi Quarter. And in, in, in two minutes they will they will be inside the, the Maghreb neighborhood. They will be above or inside in the street. They can they can visit uh, this neighborhood again because i think that yeah it's it's important to, to publish some books <laughs> it's how how we work uh, it's important to talk about the books and to publish articles and academics and, and 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 lessons and teaching in the university and so on and conference but but if we want to 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 have a, a real impact on the wide public we we must find another yeah other ways and that's why we are talking today. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks to you and uh, with this podcast, and that's why this uh, 3D application, uh, Jerusalem-Maghreb uh, Jerusalem Quarter, is important. It it will help the people to realize and to visualize, because to break this iconic image of the Western world without anything in front of of this, you need an image, not only a book. Uh, so that's why. That's why uh, um, this this history is is so important. It's so it's so it's, it's a kind of paradigm of all the history of Jerusalem, in my, in my opinion. This was Vincent Lemire,
1: author of In the Shadow of the War, The Life and Death of Jerusalem's Maghrebi Quarter, 1187, 1967, published by Stanford University Press in 2023. Nissan, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Roberto.